Hey guys, it's Ronnie. Thank you all for joining us on another episode of the Takeaway Golf Podcast, where we showcase the people that make golf, helping you discover your golf industry career. On this episode, we have a very, very, very special guest. Uh, it is actually Janelle Sua. She's actually on the other side of the microphone this week. We're super excited to showcase her and her journey throughout the golf industry. Can't wait for you to hear it. Well, welcome, Janelle. Hi. <laughs> to the Takeaway Golf Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Of course. It's my absolute pleasure and honor to be oh. on the other side, even though I'm sitting in the same <laughs> spot, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, yeah. Welcome Janelle. So I don't even know what to say. Like, it's so weird having you on the other end of this right now, but for everybody that is listening right now, we have Bev. She is actually going to be my co-host anchor lady today while we dive into Janelle's uh, podcast interview for today. Ooh, go Bev. Yeah. Yay, yes. Wait. She's going to be helping me out. <laughs> That's um, not sarcastic. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> it's so like weird right now. It's like so funny, but like, it's like, oh, it's just the three of us. But um, we're just having a yeah. conversation, just talking. Yep. A recorded so, conversation. <laughs> no pressure. So for those of you who don't know, um, Janelle does this pos- podcast with me um, as far as the, the interviewing and the talking. Um, she is one of the members of the Takeaway Golf team. Uh, I have personally known Janelle for quite some time, I think, but I, I really don't think, um, I think in, in college, right we cross paths a lot but we didn't get close to each other until recently and recently meaning like the past three years or something like that um so it started I was just gonna say like we we rekindled back in 2018 at our friend Lucienne and Andrew's wedding that's right so that's right yeah because I always knew I always knew that like you were there you were her friend because you guys went to college at UCI and then like I always saw you um, mm-hmm. you're older than me or you are older than me. Um, yeah, and I was, I just knew you were fun. So I was like, I want to be her friend. <laughs> I, I'm glad that we we're here in, in this space right now, but, uh, yeah. So Janelle, she currently works at, uh, Rolling Hills country club. Um, she's an assistant pro there. Super awesome teaches. Um, I love the whole staff from Rolling Hills. Um, she played, uh, collegiate golf for Long Beach. Mm-hmm. And then she also played um, golf, junior golf. Uh, Bev, how do you know Janelle? Yeah, actually, I was going to say, I, I know her from junior golf. So we played, um, we had mentioned it, I think, in passing, maybe in Lolita's uh, interview, where we all went to the red shirt, like Friday red shirt golf. And so uh, that's how we first met. <laughs> Just remember. Yeah. 
yeah there was there's some good relationships back then and I dated oh someone for a while oh my gosh <laughs> yes day, like, friends that's friends. that's bringing a bunch of nostalgia right now like all these names and faces that are coming up in my head right now yeah um, <laughs> let's keep it man. on the DL. <laughs> I know. Oh, so I don't know if that's what they associated it with. So, uh, but it, it was really fun. Yeah, we had a lot of good memories back then. So, mm-hmm. junior golf was so like, it was such an experience that I didn't appreciate at the time, but now mm-hmm. I really do. I think because um, I had my golf friends and then I had my school friends and then I always mm-hmm. felt a little bit more connected to my golf friends just because we had that aspect of balancing school and golf life mm-hmm. and we can all mm-hmm. kind of relate on that level and I think it, when you say like Bev when you had mentioned like uh junior golf relationships and stuff it just yeah. like brings back so so many memories of, and, and not necessarily like um, like boyfriend girlfriend relationships, but uh, just like friendships that you mm-hmm. would mm-hmm. get in uh in junior golf. So, um, I'm glad that here we, we are now. I know, I know. exactly. I'm, I'm glad <laughs> that we all participated in, and now we have these this uh, circle of friends. But oh, um, like 20 years later, I know. Oh my gosh! That's oh. So- cute wow let's let's stick with that (laughs) let's stick with yeah let's not age ourselves here no (laughs) i know um so janelle just just kind of tell us a little bit about like where you're at in the golf industry and just um yeah just just how you've gotten to where you are at right now yeah of course um i'll kind of backtrack and start as I was a young junior golfer, I'll debrief on that quickly. I grew up playing junior golf um, in the shadow of my brother, my older brother. He played golf and he was definitely the better player. Um, But I grew up playing it. Not sure if I really liked it. Like I said, it was just a reason for my parents to kind of bring me and like, you know, double whammy, like, all right, German's going to go play tournament. Let's just have Chanel like hit some balls in the range or something like that. Um, So I, I was in the shadows of him um but fast forward now I am actually the one that's in still in the golf industry still playing golf and you know he's now doing the a typical like you know the nine to five living the the normie life um yeah so now I've it's, it's crazy because I never would have thought that golf would take me this far where I am right now in my career I always you know when they ask you those yeah. things in, in um in high school or as a kid, you're like, what do you want to be when you grow up? I was like, oh my God, I like so many things, way too mm-hmm. many things. This one project and I was like, all right, what do I want to be? I want to be, I wanted to be a, f- a fashion designer at one point. I wanted to be a dentist. I want to be, of course, a professional golfer. I wanted to be a chef. But then of course you can't be all those four things. Like, you know, you're going to, how can you tell a girl? You're like, oh yeah, of course you can be that. You can be whatever you want. I'm like, come to think of it you can't be those four things you have to choose one Mm -hmm. so golf is where I'm at right now uh, as an assistant golf professional so I played high school at Torrance High uh, go Tartars and there were four Torrances actually there's like a north south west and us Torrance I guess considered east nobody really realized like where Torrance is which is weird Um, it's a huge community but back then when I was playing high school golf our team was actually pretty good um we have a comp- uh, we had a bunch of notables that are now there are a few still playing on the LPGA, if not still trying to play like on Symmetra. 
um, Demi mm-hmm. Runas, if we ever get her on here, Jenny Shin, uh, she's still playing. So they were, I was a part of that team and I was, it was really cool to be a part of that just to see good players uh, growing mm-hmm. up and to learn from them. So, you know, shared a bunch of uh, CIF titles with um, Che. Che Wan was um, on our podcast a couple back. Yep. And yeah, and so I actually, it's funny because I actually followed Che into college and Rochelle. Um, yeah. At Long Beach State. It's so funny. It's so weird. And my story, I guess, with collegiately playing is a little different because um, I, I was, I was a good player. I wasn't, I'll admit I wasn't the best. I wasn't always constantly shooting in the low seventies. Like to be honest in high school, my probably best score was at most like a 75, 74. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I was kind of always playing the fourth or fifth. And so I was like, do I want to play college golf? And I was like, well, what do I want to do? I've always had that like towards the end of like each of my years, it was like, what do I want to do? Do I play college golf? Do I want to be, you know, a normal student? And, you know, I saw all those friends. I was still hanging out with Che and the older Torrance high school girls and they enjoyed it. It seemed like they enjoyed it. And I saw all of their travel, traveling, the the fun pictures and all these cool places that they got to go to. And I was like, yeah, I do. I do want to play college golf. But I realized that when I was a senior already. And normally when it comes to recruiting, Bev, like, you know, you guys recruit starting sophomore, junior year, like looking Mm -hmm. into people Mm -hmm. and then they start to sign, you know, their senior year of high school. Um, But I was already um, coming up, I think January of like 2012, which is already like um, my senior, like second semester of a senior year. And so like, I still haven't figured out where I wanted to go what I wanted to do so I was like I kind of missed that signing period so I was I was just scrambling to like reach out to all these um coaches because I already knew that they were going to sign whoever they had for that 2012 um season or Mm -hmm. 2012 year Mm -hmm. so I was like damn like what do I like where am I gonna go like and I knew I knew because like as much as I love my parents I was like I want to go out of school out of out of not out of state but just far away a little farther away like enough that I can still come back home um so like obviously I was eyeing San Diego State like mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and I knew I knew that like you know at that point in my game I was like you know I'm not gonna you know I'm not gonna try I'm not gonna try to fool myself to like be like oh let's try to go for UCLA like I know I don't want to waste their time I don't want to waste my time so I was reaching out to all the local schools like Cal State Fullerton um Long Beach State, UCI, San Diego State. I think there was one, maybe like NorCal. Um, And of course, like Long Beach State was like low on my list because I was like, that is so close to home. Yeah. I was like, I kind of want to have a college experience and kind of go out of town. So I like reached out to San Diego State and Leslie Spalding was the coach at the time. I remember. Remember when you um, send your, uh, your, your letters of intent um yeah of interest and whatnot mm-hmm, mm-hmm, it was mm-hmm. usually like always a copy and paste right so i'm like oh, copy no. and pasting i'm like you already know where this is gonna go Bev. i'm sure that. you've had i'm sure you've had so many of these situations too. So like <laughs> i copied and paste i copied and paste <laughs> come to come to coach spalding hey coach what i thought i said was leslie spalding blah blah blah, blah, blah. send and i like like waiting i'm like oh you know okay cool like I, I feel good like maybe they'll they'll have something to offer for me I'm like a week goes by two weeks go by I'm like oh they haven't heard anything from me um 
I'm like going through my emails and I sent the wrong name to the coach or I put the wrong coach to Leslie and I was like oh what a rookie move and I'm like oh my goodness and so I was like that's it I'm like that's that's why I'm not gonna get onto like their team if that there was a chance I'm like because I just I just fudged it up that time I was like great so do your diligence guys that's one piece of advice I would do uh, really yeah. take your time mm-hmm. <laughs> yes um for the listeners I am a I'm a collegiate coach so I have deleted <laughs> that say something else and I'm like if you're not gonna give me the time to actually write my name yeah no no well I'm not gonna forget yeah. yours if I was a if I was a junior because yours is a long last name and like um, 15 letters in it <laughs> but it's just I mean Dang. It oh, happens. It totally happens. happens. And I think I remember seeing her at a college tournament, maybe my freshman year. And I was like, hey, coach. She's like, hey, I'm like, I'm so sorry. I sent you the wrong like name. She's like, oh, don't worry about it. Like as much as I would, of course, they're going to be really mm-hmm. nice. I'm sure they're like, as much totally. as I wanted to have you on the team, um, you know, we were full for that year. Um, so I actually ended up walking on to Long Beach State. I did not have a scholarship um, when I first came on. And I was like, you know what? And I was like, all right, fine, whatever. I'm going to go to Long Beach, get it done, get my academics done. My brother was there at school. Um, He was like maybe a senior and I was a freshman coming in. So it's kind of cool to like see him in overlap. And another cousin of mine went there. Um, So kind of like a little bit of a Long Beach alumni in our family. Um, Yeah. And so, oh man, it was just, it was crazy because I was commuting from my freshman year from Torrance to Long Beach, which you don't think is too far. It's like 20 minutes on the road. But when you're there planning a full day of like workouts in the morning at six, class afterwards, and then like practice afterwards, like it's a full day. And you're like, you're up and at it mm-hmm. at starting at 4.30 in the morning until maybe about seven o'clock at night for classes mm-hmm. and whatnot. So I was like, I can't do this. Um, ended up ended up being I've been very lucky to have really good teammates to that kind of let me in kind of let me sleep over at the dorms and whatnot um and I kind of eventually earned my scholarship um sophomore year through senior year so that was a very nice. proud moment of mine in college uh so it's, it was very cool cool to be a product of you know of that as a walk-on mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and then come come graduating college I then that's where you start again you're like what do I do here I'm at mm-hmm. my at this point in my life I'm like do I want to I, I studied uh, and finished a degree in business management um, so that was one of those degrees you know while balancing golf um, that's a good degree though I it think. is a good degree it's definitely a good degree to fall back on um, mm-hmm. so you know like because everyone else is like you know the easy way out would be I guess communications or whatever mm-hmm. else it is um, hardly did you see someone doing a medical degree or a science degree and and process and doing really well and playing really well too. So business was where, where it was at for me. And yeah, so I was like, I'm graduating now. Cool. Where do I go? What do I do? Um, mm-hmm. But I was still in golf. I was working in this uh, junior camp for the LA County. It was a free camp or it's still, it's still is going on. So it was a free junior camp. We take kids from like three years old uh, to, Oh boy. You know, 14 like up to 18 but you know at that age like juniors they normally cap off at 14 um three years old because if if they can behave well and obviously I guess potty train I call it glorified babysitting but I loved it 
<laughs> it was it was fun when I was actually teaching like the really young ones, like the ones that had like some really good athletic um abilities. Um, so I was doing that in the summer. I graduated 2016. I was teaching or coaching summer 2016. And then here comes Che again in my life. She's like, hey, why don't you work at Lakewood? So I come follow her, work at Lakewood for a little bit. Um, and I was like, okay, well, I'm still working in golf. Um, at the same time, while I was working and doing these junior camps, that was my income to play. I was, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try to give it a shot to actually play professionally. Um, just cause you know, I don't know what I, I'm like, I might as well do it now while I'm young. And while I, I was getting better towards my senior year. Um, so I was like, might as well, while I'm still on this, you know, I'm riding this wave and riding this high of improving in my game. So I was like, might as well give it a shot. It doesn't hurt. Um, but it was expensive. <laughs> and so <laughs> like all players know, all aspiring pros know that unless you have some type of sponsor or you come from like a, a very, you know, helpful, um, financial background not that my parents were not helpful but I was very adamant and I wanted to prove a point that like you know I, I'm not gonna make my debts my parents debts so I'm gonna work I'm gonna work at the same time and work on my game so again that was like another job working at the golf shop opening shift and then you know practicing until sundown vice versa um mm-hmm. so yeah so that that was like you know what this is fun I enjoyed it I I, I always told people, I was like, you know, maybe I'm not ready for a real job yet, you know, so I'm just going to keep playing golf. And that's where I did the cactus tour and whatnot, played all the local events. Um, and so I was, I was working at Lakewood. And so these guys come along, these old friends of mine. Well, one of them was, um, was an old friend from junior golf, Peach. Um, he was, he was also on a podcast before. Peach comes along, along with this guy, this tall guy named Blair at the time. And so like, there's this other guy named Matt, um, another friend of ours. And they're like, Hey, you know, we're hiring at, they're like, we're hiring at a place called, uh, we work at Rolling Hills, but it's under construction right now, right now. Do you want to, do you want to apply? And I'm like, Oh, you know, I'm still trying to play. Um, but you know, it, it doesn't hurt. And I was like, you know, Rolling Hills. I'm like, huh. It was kind of, it still is, it was small back then. Nobody really knew because the South Bay Country Club that everyone knew was Paulo's Fair Days Golf Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and Rolling Hills was like another private club. So it was small and they were like re- going through like a bunch of renovation, which I didn't realize about. And they're like, just apply, like just apply to like work um, outside service. And then I think we'll talk to our um, director of golf and see what we can do with you. And I'm like, okay. Um, and I was like, do I get to like practice and stuff? Like, do I get practice privileges? And they're like, yeah, I'm sure you'll be able to do that. So I'm like, okay, cool. Obviously thinking you're still like, this is like a dream, right? Obviously like you get to be able to have as, a, as an aspiring pro and like looking for practice areas, like you'll have the accessibility and privilege to practice at a country club facility site. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is kind of like, you know, you have to work, you know, you have to put in your hours and you get to practice mm-hmm. at a nice facility. Um, so I did a year at Lakewood and then I got onto the team at Rolling Hills and I was actually, I started off as outside service uh, for a bit and ended up being their starter. Um, and so for most people that don't know at country clubs, there's always someone, you know, you check in at a public golf course, you have a tee time that's pre-booked or you buy it there. And then they're like, at the same time, the, the golf shop and the is also the starter at the same time, but uh, private clubs, they have the approach, the golf shop, and then they have a starter. So like I was there as a starter because at Rolling Hills, we, we work on a first come first serve basis tee sheet. 
So for members, if they want to come at whatever they want, they don't have to book a tea time. They can just be like, hey, like, I want to go off. Like, how long is the wait right now? They're like, you know what, sir? It's not very long. Go off. Go on right ahead. And I'm like, okay, that seems pretty easy to do. You know, just tell people, like, <laughs> go ahead mm-hmm. to the first tea. You know, there's maybe, like, another group in front of you, but whatever. Um, And I loved it, though. I loved it being a starter because that was, like, my best that was that's where I really felt like I was myself at Rolling Hills like being a starter and like getting to talk to these people and getting to know them um and of course I'm still trying to play professionally and I'm like you know it doesn't hurt to network at all not at all so like you know my my focus was my main purpose was to work at the country club and get practice privileges um, fast forward, maybe about a year into being a starter, I was very fortunate to have some members reach out to me because they knew and they saw me practice and they're like, Hey, like for whatever it is, like, here's, here's some, you know, here's some funds for you to spend on your, your event for the year or something like that. So I was very fortunate to have members to support me and sponsor me at one point. Um, so I rode that wave and then Let's see. I did professional golf until like actually like competing and turning professional golf until maybe about 2018. So after a year I was into golf, I was in um I was a starter. I I was like, you know what? I and I loved working so much at Rolling Hills. And Derek, Derek Lane, who is my um, director of golf and my boss, he like sat me down. He was like, you know what? I'm going to let you write it out. You play as play as much as your heart can, but I think you have a great opportunity in the PGA program, in the business and the management aspect or side of, of golf. I was like, huh. I was like, I guess I, I was like, I never really thought of it. I was like, yeah, you know, I was like, I just want to keep playing. But then, you know, you realize that funds and working at that point when you're, it's different. It's different now when mm-hmm. you're, when you're working so much and you're trying to like pay for these tournaments. Cause these tournaments are so pricey, you know, entry yeah. alone is like 600 bucks. Yeah. So, it's crazy. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, I look back and I'm like, that's a, that's a good two week check already. So like, yeah. uh, I uh, came to my senses and there's a, there's a point in where you, you, when reality and your your dreams you know they come to a point and they're like you know I, I think logistically and pr- it's more practical for you to be making a steady income doing what you're doing right now um and then I saw the beauty in becoming the part of the PGA program too is that they do have tournaments too like you Ronnie mm-hmm. you've participated in events as well mm-hmm. and you get to earn money that way too so I was like so I don't really lose my my ability to compete and play or earn money but mm-hmm. why not do it when you can just work and be more stable and do that you know yeah so yeah and so I transitioned out of the starter and became an assistant golf professional so here I am today um and I love it I don't mind it at all so that's good so yeah. are you do you want to go ever play again I mean you technically could if you wanted to yeah, start playing I, I could um I would love to I love it it's, but it's just like I'm so I'm so hard on myself um mm-hmm. because I'm like you know if I love the feeling of competition because that's all I knew growing up junior golf collegiately and oh, after mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. just like but I hate seeing if I'm not putting in the work it's like it's hard for me to understand like 
to see those poor scores sometimes I'm just like uh well I don't want to I don't want to basically like waste my money knowing that yeah my scores are not going to be the best because I haven't even gotten a chance to practice mm. or like yeah. a chance to like pick up a club and like you know so it's a balancing act for sure those people yeah. who want to play golf professionally but then also work at the same time it's like exactly it almost feels like one or the other suffers um exactly quality yeah um janelle you're actually the only i think you're the only woman in the golf shop right or no uh yes um i am we recently took um took on a new hire her name is nina um she's one of our golf shop assistants um so she's kind of there to like answer phones and whatnot but as a golf professional yes um Mm -hmm. I am currently there was one too before when I first joined uh her name was her name is Junko Suzuki um she's PGA certified in everything she works for the PGA of America and I I give her major props because she's worked very hard and to get to where she's at right now. So hopefully we'll be able to get her on, on our podcast soon. For sure. But yeah, I'm, I'm one of the, one of the only golf professionals inside the golf shop. So how is it um, working in a area full of boys? I, I just <laughs> asked that because I, when I was working at uh, Tustin Ranch as a assistant pro, I was the only uh, woman working there and it was, it was super fun um you know because you're you're just special because you're 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 different you're the woman of the team yeah but then also it's like you're the only woman of the team so you know of course Um, it has its ups and downs yeah definitely um more ups than downs I love my team I love I love working with Derek Blair Anthony Robert Kevin like we have such a diverse um group of people um and it's it's really cool and I always I consider them as like my brothers honestly so like I said I grew up with an older brother so when it comes to guys talking about stuff it doesn't phase me or like how Mm -hmm. they talk or how they act it it really doesn't phase me I wasn't too much of a girly girl growing up um so I kind of had a little bit of like a tomboyish um approach sometimes yeah so like Mm -hmm. it like I said it doesn't phase me or doesn't gross me out if guys were to do something like that like I it's it's like like, shop talk like the yeah like like there's such thing as shop talk is like I don't know I don't know what exactly it is but when a group of of guys just gets together at work and they just start talking about stuff it's like oh I know like I I know not to insert myself and we're just like I don't know what they're talking about so I'm just gonna yeah. do my own thing like I want to do yeah. something else in the office or I'm just gonna I'll, maybe I'll just sit and observe and listen and learn so like I learn from them too like from other things that they talk about um I will they love to talk about sports and sports betting which is so funny because like all I knew growing up was golf but like mm-hmm. when they throw in now that it's NFL season, like they talk about football and the plays and the the players and like, you know, their um, overs and unders at the betting. So I'm just yeah. like, I asked them like, at first I'm like, oh my God, you guys, you guys are such guys. And you guys just always talk about <laughs> betting, always talk about this. But now I kind of have a different approach to it where I'm like, like, what is, what, like, what does that mean where the spread is, you know, an X amount or like when you're betting like 17 and a half over or whatever it is, like I learned these things too. So it's, I, I figured in order for me to, to, 
to stand to to last um Mm -hmm. is kind of like a why not like like join them you know Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so especially with other members too like you'll have all those male members that come into they'll talk you know they kind of want to have something else to talk to a girl besides clothes or like just (laughs) you know I don't find I don't yeah it really forces you to um just gather knowledge from other areas that you might have not uh really found interest in right and like I know for me I wasn't really interested in other sports um so I find myself like (laughs) having to google things or like just read (laughs) up just so you can keep conversations and stuff like that but not not just for like the guys in the shop but just in general you know Mm -hmm um yeah yeah so they you say that you're in the pga right and i know ronnie you're you're in the lpga teaching program as well am i so i felt like when i was first researching it those kind of uh fields i always thought that the pga would be filled with guys right Mm -hmm. so like if you're going to the pga show you're either like if you're female going to a PGA show, you're more likely like a buyer or something along those lines. Right. At least that's yeah. how I assumed, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what is what is that part like? Like separate from your pro shop world, what is it like being what I would assume like a female in a male industry? like cohort yeah yeah like that's that's what I thought so too and um I didn't take offense to it where it's like I know it's very traditional to be like oh the girl is in the golf shop she is the buyer she is Mm -hmm. but like the more that I've talked to like Derek um he's been so supportive of me of all of us in the golf shop and he's like you know what if you want it and you want to learn the buying and you want to learn from Kevin because Kevin Kevin's actually our buyer he's like our retail manager um and, and everyone Kevin, okay yeah yeah oh Kevin sorry yeah Kevin Kevin Wong <laughs> yeah so aka Panda he he's the actual one that does the buying because he's done it before at other clubs um and it's so funny because it's outside looking in and when a member comes in like Janelle are you doing the buying I'm like and I'll I'll I I don't honestly like I'll help out Kevin very so often if he has like a question or he's a little stuck or wants my opinion but like 99 percent is like is mostly from Kevin so I give I definitely give him the credit I'm like no Kevin's doing the buying and that kind of like stops people in their tracks like oh Kevin does a buying I'm like yeah like mm-hmm. Kevin does a really good job at what he's doing like he's he's very talented he sees certain things that I don't um mm-hmm. at different angles and approaches so to answer your question um there's a lot more women in the industry but yes I always thought that like LPGA you stick to it too mm-hmm. um as a woman pga is meant for only men it did right. start off historically you know just as men women didn't get mm-hmm. into it maybe about like mm-hmm. oof, maybe about like four like a couple years down the road or yeah. um, decades so yeah i think that every woman or man everyone has the right or the the ability to move mm-hmm. up in the industry regardless of your man or woman. Right now, our um, our president is a woman, Susan Whaley. So for the PGA. Oh, nice. Yeah. Mm. So I think she's almost done with her term. But as far as I know, like she's been the past president, uh, current president for the past uh, two years, I think. So 
Oh, go ahead, Beth. No, no, no. I was just gonna say uh, the actually the opposite is true. Now that I think about it, that the LPGA doesn't have a lot of men in it. Yeah. Uh, the yeah. LPGA teaching school teaching yeah. program doesn't actually have a lot of men. So. And men okay. can join. Yeah. LPGA they definitely if can. They want. <laughs> it's just this. It's just Please a stigma. Do. I yeah. know. Like, it's just a stigma. That's all. Um, double standard. It is what it is. That's golf. Yeah. It's a traditional mm-hmm. sport. So. It's totally. Yeah. Um, Janelle, you also do some teaching too. Mm-hmm. Um, are you trying to go for your LPGA credentials? Well, I know the LPGA program is highly, um, uh, they, they do a lot of the, the program is based on teaching itself. So yeah. are you, are you planning to do that as well? Yeah. Once I do finish my uh, certification with PGA, I will mm-hmm. admit I am very slow. I am not the best in school. So <laughs> thankfully the PGA is kind of at your own pace. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm just, I'm still entering like the, the first, the first level of the PGA. So, so yeah. So once I complete my certification for that and get class three or, you know, uh, level three PGA certified, I, I definitely want to accomplish that for the LPGA. So how's it been, um, teaching kids, right? You, you teach yeah. mainly kids. How, yeah. how has that transition been from playing golf to teaching golf because I know I mean we've talked about this before but I know for me being a field player and and Bev you mentioned that earlier today um it wasn't very easy for me How, how has it been for you yeah so no it's been um it's definitely different um teaching like I said teaching when I was a in college in that junior camp it was different like there were maybe I had a group of kids that were like 10 maybe two or three of them really were wanting to play otherwise the other six or seven were like literally I'm trying to babysit them Mm -hmm. um but now teaching them it's so different it's so hard for me to not because like I'm such a field player too I never really was too mechanical um so teaching a swing to someone or teaching how to swing it's it's so hard. I'm learning how to execute it in a way that kids understand. Like I'm trying to simplify it without, you know, frustrating myself where it's like, Oh my gosh, like how, like, how do you not understand what I'm trying to say? It's I get it though. It's hard because it's like some people just don't get it because I don't know for me there's like no process it's just kind of like you just do it but that's because I was I grew up with golf and it's just yeah. like you just do it exactly and like really you kind of figured it out yourself you know yeah. you figured it out yourself and so like that's the one thing now is like I don't know with what like all I knew was growing up with golf the people that I surrounded myself were practicing all the time so to teach the kids that I do and I don't I don't know. Like I'm on the golf shop. If I'm not always out on the golf course or out on the range teaching, like, I don't know if they're practicing on their own. So that's why it's like, it's kind of always like going back to step one a little bit when I see them like every other week or every week, I'm like, so did you practice? Like, how was it? Like, how have you been doing? Have you been playing? They're like, Oh, it's, and it's like the same thing again, probably groundhog's day, but it is, I guess, job security, whatever. (laughs) It's fine. (laughs) Um, Always have something to teach them. Exactly. Yeah. So that's, it's just so different. Cause I'm just like, Oh, well, I know that if you want to get better, like you really do have to practice. Like I have to tell, like, I, I really have to tell my students. It's kind of like, 
it's crazy because I'm just like I never I never would have thought I'd had to if you're teaching someone I never would have thought I'd had to like ask them to practice and you would just thought that they would do it because that's that's how I grew up doing it you know I'm like oh I'm gonna take a lesson I'm gonna get better I want to mm-hmm. practice and 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 you know hone in on this certain drill or like you know this certain part of the swing mm-hmm. um but you know I do see it. It's not fast um, of the, the improvement. It, it is definitely gradual. I do see it though. And I, that's why I love taking videos and seeing and showing them like, Hey, like you came from here to that. Like, that's great. Like, that's really good. So that makes me feel really good in my heart. Um, but I do teach also, I've been teaching a lot of obviously female being like same thing as a stigma where it's like, you're the female golf professional. You're going to be teaching female golfers. Yeah. Um, I don't mind that at all, but it is nice to me. I kind of take that and run with me. Cause like, you know, there's so many of these spouses that want to play golf. I'm like, cool. Like, that's fine with me. Like send all your spouses my way, send all your daughters my way too. Cause it is nice as a female understand having the anatomy of the female body and translating that to another female. It definitely helps oh, out. Sure. Um, definitely gives them a little bit more confidence. So, uh, I do enjoy like teaching like the spouses and the wives. I, I think I enjoy that a little bit more than teaching the juniors. No offense. I love the kids, love them. Um, but it's just sometimes with the kids nowadays, it's like, I can't tell them like, do you like golf? Like, are you doing it just because your parents are asking you to, or like, what's, what's going on? Like I, when I talk to someone that's kind of like, you know, a little bit older, my age or whatever it is, like I, I can have that conversation and really, really focus on trying to fix something with them. Mm. So yeah, I feel um, like, uh, for working with kids, it's always like, it's, or sometimes it's it's just a struggle to get them to just pay attention <laughs> yeah I but, like mess uh, around I love to mess around with them though like I'll see definitely yeah. give them crap like, uh, like that's good keeping it fun <laughs> I, yeah I can't I'm just like, like mm-hmm. I know I know that it's so hard not to like you know there's one there's just one girl that I remember and I'm like oh I'll make I'm like girl like what are you doing like you got some noodle arms you know and stuff and so like I'll you know I'll tease them in a good way it's not like nothing derogatory or like condescending yeah. I'm just like you know I'm totally. trying to like all right well in order for, for us to swing we we need to turn those noodle arms into like you know strong strong stiff arms you know and stuff mm-hmm. you know you can't swing the club with like you know I try my best to try to find different ways to make it fun um, definitely the execution and approach. And then of course, also adding in fun drills and whatnot, um, for their, mm-hmm. for their specific game. I think it's nice that, um, there's a female coach on the teaching team, because I think it's very intimidating for a woman to come up and have a male there and they just don't know. I, yeah. I can just slip into those shoes and be really intimidated by it. So it's really, um, it's really good to see the growth that the um, teaching industry has with women um, being out there and, and doing doing the thing. Yeah, so, yeah. I agree. I think mm-hmm. um, it's yeah, it's great. I mean, obviously, we all came together for this podcast. You know, in the golf industry, we're all golf women in golf. So I think it's it's great to see more women in golf. But um, in general, period, yeah. exclamation mark. <laughs> and, yeah, definitely, especially after this boom of golf 
interest with COVID. I yes. Mm-hmm. It, so it's really cool to see that. Yeah. But Janelle, what do you, uh, what do you want to do in the future? I mean, I know we have this future. podcast. What do you think about this podcast? <laughs> I think it's good. I honestly yeah. do. I, I remember sitting down and talking with you um, with it and you're like, I want to do a podcast. I'm like, cool. And I think like we had <laughs> cool. so many. I, well, I was like, okay. Cause I was like, I didn't know anything about podcasts. I didn't even re- really listen to them. So I was just like, okay, like I support you. Did me either. I don't know why. Uh, I just, you know me, I just come up with crazy ideas. Anyways. Yeah. And so like, no, I like it. It's been a long time coming for this podcast to be where it's at right now. Um, and that's honestly thanks to you and Bev just to like, and you know, me yeah. too, where it's just like, we're always just pushing each other, motivating each other to mm-hmm. what are we going to do now? What, what's, what's going on right now? What, how can we relate our podcast to it or who should yeah. we bring up now? You know, we're always trying to make things different, fun, um, and challenge ourselves. So I, I enjoy what we're doing and I see that there's a lot of good things that can happen out of it. Um, like I said, everything that that you do take some time yeah I think it's just being patient exactly it's the process for sure but um what do you what do you want to do in the future besides the podcast in addition besides in addition to the podcast ah gosh there I am with my three to five year plan (laughs) Uh, well definitely like I said um finishing up my PGA yeah um, sooner sooner than later and I'm obviously wanting to move up um, career-wise eh, where I am as an assistant golf professional, uh, trying to figure out where I like myself at, whether it be in retailing and buying um, or managerial or teaching. So like right now I'm such, um, I'm, at that, I'm at that phase of my career where it's like, again, like those four things, like what do you want to be? A doctor, a chef, a, a fashion designer. Like right now, like what do I want to do? Like I'm still so young right now. Um, so I'm kind of doing everything that I can just to try to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but right now I definitely want to stay in golf because it's kind of all that I know right now. And it kind of scares mm-hmm. me to to know, to think about branching off and going into a different industry. Mm-hmm. But that is the beauty of working in a private club. Um, is that I make these relationships. I, I, I have these networks that if, if golf ends up not being something that I want to do or is not in the stars, I always have these people that I've made these connections with in their industry. And like, I would hope that they see my work ethic and they can, they would be able to take a chance on me one of these days if that does happen. So I've seen it, I've seen it happen with other people that were working at Rolling Hills too, and they work for for some of our members and they love it. So right now I'm going to stick to golf and I doing it. Just keep doing it. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. I I love it. So what is that thing that you do? What does your day-to-day look like? My day-to-day. So Mm -hmm. Um, normally let's see. So go, go into the office, into the golf shop, uh, whether it be opening or closing or whatever it is, if it's closing, you know, things are already happening. We already have a T-sheet going on. So it's a matter of like catching up with my emails. Like I said, I'm assistant to Kevin. I'm assistant to Blair, our head pro and, and Derek, our director of golf, but more so I work closely with Kevin when it comes to like buying. Cause obviously throughout the day, like it's my my one of my responsibilities is to know the product in the golf shop and know like what's in what's 
in stock and inventory, color, size, fit. So that's one thing that I've definitely learned a lot, which is crazy because I always, I always told myself growing up, I was like, I don't want to work in retail. Like, I don't want to work in <laughs> shop. Like, but I always said, I was like, I'd much rather work in, if I were to choose between food and beverage and retail, I'd much rather choose retail. And so here I am yeah. in retail. Um, but I've learned to feel so many different types of fabrics and you kind of know and learn. It's so weird and crazy. Cause you know, if you were to ask me like, again, um, if you were to show me the difference between this shirt and that, I'd be like, I don't know, like it's one's a polo, like one Mm-hmm. looks nicer one but now that when I'm actually touching the fabric I like know I know that it's Peter Millar I know that's Peter Millar poly blend I know that it's a Grayson this is more of a tailored fit so it's more of like a European cut um, mm-hmm. and it's, it's cool it's cool to add that to my resume to know backgrounds of certain brands mm-hmm. um, so yeah so that's that's that I work with Kevin and he you know, he needs all these assistants because he's also doing like accounting for our golf shop too in the back end. So we're here to like help these members like place orders, um, just return emails in regards to tea times and whatnot, check pace throughout the day, just because we are a very active um, country club. Mm-hmm. Out of 450 members, I want to say like 350 actually play. And like, that is a lot for the course. So pace is definitely important making sure you know there's no one out of position and trying to keep up with the group in front of them um and yeah nothing really crazy goes I mean we'll have someone occasionally like drive their golf cart like off a bridge or something like that (laughs) that was that was a highlight of last year oh my gosh. gosh um yeah it's 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 a lot of little things that kind of take up the day um pace checking takes like a good like 30 minutes to like an hour of our day uh, and then there's lessons in between too. So I'm always, always trying to do something, always trying to, you know, it's always customer service. So whatever it is to make these people happy, even though it's hard to make people happy, <laughs> you can't make everyone happy. Yeah. Thank you, Janelle. I think, uh, do you have uh, any words of wisdom for anybody looking to uh, still learning oh gosh I mean well we've done quite a few interviews now and we've kind of gathered some good I know uh, insight some good wisdom um what do you have to say what is your input from your experiences so far um with everything that we've done in the past year and you playing junior golf what do you have to say about the golf industry (sighs) I would say is that I always like to try to stay positive as much as I can Um, is doors will open for you and you just have to trust the process. So like I said, I didn't realize I would be where I am right now Um, saying as much as I am a yes man and a yes woman. And it's, it's kind of bitten me in the butt sometimes, but Mm -hmm. say yes, say yes to opportunities. You don't know where it's going to get you. So the doors are there. So that's all I have to just do. Gotta walk it. Just, into it. Just, just gotta open it and walk right through. So yeah. Trust that process. Awesome. Yeah. Thanks, Nene. Well, thank you guys. That was fun. Yay. That was fun. That was Janelle Sua. 
Thank you guys so much for tuning in on this very special episode of the Takeaway Golf Podcast. Uh, we're super excited that you guys got to learn a little bit about us personally in our journey through the golf industry. So please, if you haven't already, go ahead and follow along with us on Apple Podcasts and Instagram and subscribe now. And please leave any feedback by sending an email to info at the takeawaygolf.com. Thank you guys. Thank you.